Take your Bibles this morning, and we're going to continue our study through the book of Genesis, and we come to Genesis chapter 40. Genesis chapter 40. Follow in your Bibles as, as I read. After those things, that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wrought against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them. And they continued a season in ward. And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, each man according to, to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning, and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, I pray you. And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me, and in the vine were three branches, and it was as, as though they budded and were blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee into thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. But think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I also was in a dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket there was of all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh, and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. And Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off thee, and shall hang thee on a tree, and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto his servants. And he lifted up the head of the chief butler, and the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto the butlership again, and he gave the cup unto Pharaoh's hand. And he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forget him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us the privilege to study through the book of Genesis, and we've learned a lot of valuable things, Lord, from this book. And this small chapter, Lord, has some things for us as well. So I pray you'd give enable it to bring the message, and I pray, Lord, that you'd help me to point out the things that need to be pointed out today. And I ask, Lord, that each one would be uh, open to the Word of God in our hearts. 
I know that's very possible, Lord. There's someone here who's claiming to be a Christian. Maybe they are a Christian, but they've been failing you. And the trials of this life have proved that they're really not what people might think them to be. And I just ask, Lord, that you might use this passage to deal with each of us today. And if there's somebody here without Jesus as their Savior, may today be the day they put their faith and trust in what Jesus did for them. He died for their sins on the cross, was buried, rose again the third day, and salvation is available available to everyone who believes. So work in our hearts today, Lord. Accomplish your will, and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis 40 finds Joseph in prison. Before he became a prisoner, he had experienced some really tough times in his life. As a young man, he had, he had proved himself trustworthy, and his father seemed to recognize that, and he, he, chose to, he chose to honor and obey God and to respect his dad and to avoid bad behavior. One day, his dad sent him out with his four brothers, four of his brothers, to tend the sheep. And uh, he discovered as he was with his brothers, his brothers were doing evil things. So he came back with a report to his dad telling about the evil things that they had done. That tells us that Joseph was not party to those evil things. He kept himself pure. Jacob, his father, showed his approval by making Joseph a coat of many colors. Now, this revealed Jacob's pleasure in Joseph, but also revealed Jacob's preference for Joseph, which was probably not a wise thing for him to do, is to make such recognizable preference for Joseph, and uh, he had a favorite son, and that was Joseph. This angered his brothers, and when Joseph added to that anger by telling them about his dreams, his dreams said that one day his brothers would bow down to him. Well, that made them so mad that they didn't even like to be around Joseph, and they were angry and actually considered killing him. Well, Joseph then was sent by Jacob, his dad, uh, out to to all of his brothers. All of his brothers were tending sheep, except probably Benjamin. And he said, go check on your brothers. When they saw him coming, the Bible says that they determined they were going to kill him. So they grabbed him, and they took off his coat of many colors and threw that coat off and threw him down into a pit. And probably they would have killed him, except one of his brothers intervened, and then uh, another brother had the suggestion that when the Ishmaelites came along, those were a a caravan of camels and, and men who were going down to Egypt to sell goods. When they came along, they said, let's sell him instead of killing him. So they sold him to the Ishmaelites, who took him down into Egypt. And there in Egypt, or as he was on his way to Egypt, He was a man who was humbled. He was a man who was broken. He was a man who was without loved ones or friends, and nobody really knew him, and he was really a nobody as he was going down to Egypt. And when he got down there, as he was going down there, he had only this in mind, and that is he truly believed in God, and he had those dreams, And God had told him that he would be exalted one day. So he must have kept that in his mind, thinking, I'm going to stay true because God's going to straighten this out one day. And so he decided he was going to please the Lord, and he was going to count on God's fulfilling those promises that he gave him. 
Well, he was sold to Potiphar as a slave. Potiphar was one of, the, of Pharaoh's generals. He was in charge of the guard and probably in charge of a prison. And so uh, he was a man who had, uh, had uh, uh, importance in the land of Egypt. And so Joseph was so- sold to him. He started off as a nobody. And he, but through hard work and honesty and uh, developing uh, trustworthiness in, the, in, in favor and uh, Potiphar, he became a man who was given some responsibilities. Potiphar noticed that he was diligent in his work. He noticed his demeanor was different than the others. He noticed that he was trustworthy, and so he began to give Joseph some more responsibilities, and those added and kept adding to the responsibilities until finally Joseph was in a place where he was the top one in the household, and he was in charge of everything. He was in charge of everything that went on in the house and probably in charge of even some of uh, Potiphar's business dealings. By choosing the right and rejecting the wrong, his character became, became stronger and stronger as he was in Potiphar's house. Therefore, it resulted in a reputation. He had come down as nobody. He started off as nobody in that household. And then he gave him more responsibilities, and he developed a reputation. That reputation was a reputation of a man who could be trusted, a reputation of a man who, was, who did what was right and rejected the wrong. But then his character began to be tested in a way he hadn't been tested before. And that is Potiphar's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she thought, I would like to lie with that man, I would like to have immorality of that man. And so she set out to trip him up and to cause him to bow to her wishes. The Bible says that day after day, even though he refused the first time when she said that, he said no. But day after day, she kept it up. He kept refusing. He even decided he wouldn't even be anywhere close to her. And he was avoiding her and staying away from her. But one day when nobody else was in the house but her and Joseph, she grabbed him and decided she was going to force his submission to her and thought, surely if I get a hold of him and get close to him, he will not resist. But Joseph was a man of character. And he decided that he was going to flee. So he ran. As he ran, Potiphar's wife had his cloak, his garment in her hands because she had grabbed hold of him. And he'd actually left, he got out of his garment, left the garment in her hands, and ran off. Well, she turned on Joseph. Instead of somebody now that she desired, she wanted to do him in. She wanted to hurt him in any way she could. And so his coat that she had in her hands, his garment that she had, turned out to be a symbol of his reputation. In other words, he had lost his reputation because she had it in his hands, in her hands, and he left. So he lost his reputation, that outward sign, that outward thing that showed that he was, you know, a a trusted man in the house and all that, and she had his reputation, but he left. And so he left his reputation in her hands, but he maintained his character. And you know, you can, somebody can take away your reputation from you. But nobody can take your character unless you willingly give it up. And so what people thought of him, she changed. 
But what God thought of him was not changed because he kept his character. He preserved his character by running. And sometimes we have to do that. We have to run to preserve our character. He said no to sin and yes to righteousness. Now he's in prison. And that's where we find him in chapter 40. He's in in prison. His character is still intact. and And since his character is still intact, we can expect to see some display of his character. Let me explain. If somebody takes away your reputation and you're put in a place where you're tried again, if you still have your character, your character will still come out. It will still be proved by the way you act what kind of person you are. They might take away your reputation by lying to you, but the next time you're in any situation, you can prove again you're still the same person because you make the right decisions. So now in prison... His character is still intact, and so we're going to look to see what we can see in his character that shows that he is still a man of character with God. It'll be on display if he truly is. But before we do that, before we mention some of those things, let's talk about our own selves. Let's talk about our own lives. Trials and hardships and disappointments are a part of everybody's life. Everybody has it. Everybody goes through those times when you are so disappointed by what happened. Those, go through those times when you wonder, why in the world would God let this happen to me when I'm trying to be faithful to Him? When those times happen, they are opportunities for your, your character to be displayed. They're opportunities for the character that you have to be displayed. Or it might be that those bad times are actually experiences that might show your lack of character. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes a person who had a great reputation, they go through a hardship and you find out what they're really made of. They're not what you thought they were. Have you ever been through that? Have you ever gone through an experience that's so bad and so hurtful that it changes you? And uh, instead of responding like you should, you respond with uh, things that shouldn't be there. Now, if we respond as we should, when our character is intact and we are, if we're tried in a, in, a, in a hard way, we're tried, then out of that trial should come kindness, sweet reasonableness. It should come that people see in us long-suffering. It, people should see in us tender-heartedness forgiveness, trust in the Lord regardless what happens. We still trust Him. We don't blame Him. We should, they should see thankfulness. They should see patience. These things should be in our lives if our character is still intact. If we're truly who we say we are as a Christian and you go through a trial, it shouldn't change the way you act. It should actually reveal what you really are, and that is you're a genuine child of God who loves the Lord and wants to do what's right regardless of the situation. But sometimes Christians go through trials and things are revealed that they would rather not be revealed. You've probably known people like that, and maybe when you look in the mirror you see one of them. And that is the trial that you're going through has caused you to be very impatient. The trial you're going through has caused you to be unthankful. 
and you're blaming God and you're not thankful and you don't look at all the good things God has done for you. All you can see is the bad and you're very critical about that and uh, that trial has produced that in you or revealed that in you. That trial that you went through maybe revealed that you didn't have as much faith as you thought you had. And maybe your trial revealed hatred. You just hated people. Or somebody that did that to you developed hatred. And maybe it developed bitterness. You're just bitter inside. And, and, you know, it just turned you into the person that nobody knew you were. And you're a bitter person. And you're selfish. You're no longer interested in anybody else. It's all about you. That's sometimes revealed sometimes when somebody tells you a problem they're having. And you have to top it. (laughs) You have to say, oh, well, I've got this problem. In other words, it's not that important what they're going through. What's important is what you're going through. And if we're not careful, trials can make us selfish. And then just frankly, sometimes your trials make you mean. Have you ever been through trials where it just makes you mean? (laughs) I mean, uh, you didn't become better because of the trial. You became bitter. And because you're bitter, you lash out at people and you're mean and they say, what's going on? What, what happened to this person? Well, they went through this trial. Is that an excuse? No, that's not an excuse. The trial revealed what they really were. And we have to be careful about that, that we have a character that will survive the trials. And the trial will actually reveal good things that God has done in our life. Has your trial turned you to God or has it turned you against God? Has your trial made you question God's goodness and criticize his plan? Has your trial revealed that you are not the person people thought you were? Well, let me remind you of some scriptures that we need to remember in times of trial. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good. Now, I imagine Joseph, we don't know a lot about what Joseph knew. I know that he knew something about the beginning, his, the story's been passed down to him about, about Adam and Eve and, and the sin, you know, that they committed. And, and they, he knows about Cain and Abel, and he knows about the Tower of Babel. He knows those things. And he knows some of the things that his dad's taught him. But, but uh, there's a lot that he doesn't know that we know. But you see, Joseph knew something. And that is, God gave him a promise through a dream, or through a, through a couple dreams. And that is, one day, he would be exalted, and his brothers would bow down to him. Now, he knew that his brothers hated him. They wanted to kill him. They sold him off into slavery. They didn't seem to care about him. He knew that, but he also knew something else. God gave him a promise, and he seemed to cling to that promise that the Lord would take care of him. Now, we know much more than Joseph knew. We know that the Bible says to us, all things work together for good. So when you're going through a trial that just really disturbs you and tears you apart, you have to realize all things work together for good. This is going to work out for my good in some way. And we were just like Joseph. We have a promise and we need to remember that, that promise. Romans eight eighteen says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Uh, in short, that says it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. 
you know, going through this trial, I don't, I don't understand it. It's really hard, but it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. I'll just stay true to him. We also need to remember 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7 says, The trial of your faith being much more precious than a gold that perisheth. Much more precious than gold that perisheth. You know, God says that we need to value our trials. So when you're going through a trial that really disturbs you and as, as everything messed up in your life, God wants you to value that because you know he promises the trial of your faith is more precious than gold that perisheth. So if you had a 24-carat gold uh, nugget and it was worth a lot of money and you could trade that and you... And the Lord would say, now, I have a choice for you. You can have this gold nugget, or you can have this trial that I have ahead of you. And I promise you, I'm going to work something good out of that trial. I promise you that it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. You'll look back on it and say, oh, that was all, that's all right. It was worth it all. Would you take the gold, or would you take the trial? Now, that's a test for me. I'm sure it's a test for you. Which would you take? The Lord says we need to remember those things. James chapter 1, verse 12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. God says, Happy are you if you endure temptation. Do we believe that when we go through the trial? And are we willing to just give up? Or are we willing to endure because we know the Lord has said, You will be blessed. You'll be happy if you will endure. And so we believe the Lord and go on. Well, now let's go back to Joseph. The questions we've asked about your trials and how they, uh, how they uh, make, you t- make you act, that's for you to answer. That's for you to examine. But let's examine Joseph. How did Joseph's trials, how did his prison experience uh, display the character that he had? Well, let me give you just a few things. I don't have a lot about this chapter, but let's give you a few things. First of all, it showed that he was faithful. His prison experience displayed a part of his character, and that is a part of his character was he was faithful. When God gave him a job to do, he did it. When God gave him a trial to experience, he was faithful through that trial. He didn't waver. He didn't quit trusting the Lord. He was faithful. The Bible says, verse 1, after these things, after what things? Well, those things are recorded in chapter 39, verse 21. He says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. And the keeper of prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Now what does that show us? Well, in prison, he was faithful to be the right kind of man He was faithful to the character that he truly had that God gave him. He was faithful to that, and he just did what was right day after day after day, and it was rewarded for it by by the prison keeper because he put him in charge of all the people. And so he was faithful. The Bible tells us we are to be faithful. It's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. It's not recorded that, that Joseph complained. It's not reported that he refused to work. It's not recorded that he said, you know, I'm not going to do this. I'm a slave. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in 
the preferred guy in my family back home, and a slave, a Hebrew, a child of God, and among these heathen, a slave, I'm not going to do that. He didn't do that. He just did what was right where he was. He honored the Lord. He didn't feel sorry for himself. He could have. You know, a lot of people are overcome because they feel sorry for themselves. And all, the, all they can think about is how they've been, been misused or abused, and, and they feel sorry for themselves, and they go through their life that way. Joseph didn't do that. He knew that where he was is where God wanted him to serve, and he was going to be faithful. And so he was faithful. You know, many a, a Christian has quit because of hard times. Many a Christian will tell you a story. You say, you, you, are you a Christian? They say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I can tell you when I got saved and all that. Well, why don't you go to church? Well, if you only knew. <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell you what happened. And they tell you the story of what happened to them in church. And maybe some brother or sister did wrong to them. And you think, all right, they did wrong to you, but what does that have to do with your relationship to Jesus Christ? Why do you turn against the Lord? You say, and, and we can say, the church is not man's plan, it's God's plan. It's not man's plan that they you know, came up with the idea of a church. That's God's plan. And God said, that's my plan, and it will continue to be God's plan until the Lord takes us home at the rapture. It's God's plan. And so you don't, have, you don't really have the right as a Christian to say, I don't want anything to do with God's plan. God says, you are to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as a matter of some. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter how bad the problem you've experienced. You are to be faithful to the Lord. It's God's plan. And so he was faithful. Some Christians say, well, I'm not going to give anymore. I knew of a lady one time who said, I'm not going to give any more in my offerings until the pastor leaves. Well, I happen to be the pastor. That sort of hurts, you know. <laughs> but, you know, some people get these things in their mind, they, they've, and they're going to quit doing what God told them to do because they have something uh, that bothers them. Well, the Lord says... What's your trial that's the Lord would say, what's your trial that's caused you to quit doing what you're supposed to do? And so some people quit. They just quit on the Lord. Some people quit witnessing for the Lord because they're so bitter, they surely don't have a good story to tell. And they can't uh, tell about the goodness of the Lord because they're, they're centered upon the badness that they're experiencing, so they lose. And I hope nobody here goes through a trial that causes you to turn against the Lord. So he was faithful. Another thing that was revealed by his prison experiences, it was displayed that he was a caring person. Now you'd think after all that he went through, maybe he'd lose that caring. I mean, the people that should love him, his brothers, they didn't love him. They wanted to kill him. And uh, he, he traveled with these Ishmaelites. You know, they're distant relatives in a way. He traveled with them all the way to Egypt. And when they got down to Egypt, they didn't want him either. They just sold him. <laughs> And so he's been through a lot, and he could develop the idea that I don't care. I don't care anymore about people. I've been hurt too much. But he wasn't that way. Because in prison, he had the responsibility of taking care of this butler and baker who had been demoted from their positions. And he was, taking, he was to serve them and meet their needs while they were there until the decision was made what was going to be done with them. Well, he was faithfully doing that and came in one day and they were very sad. 
Joseph could add the attitude, I don't care whether they're sad or not. I, I shouldn't be doing this anyway. I don't care a thing about them. But Joseph wasn't that way. He was caring. And he noticed that they were upset. And they, he said, why is your countenance fallen? Why are you so sad today? And they told him that they had dreams. So he was a caring person. You know, the Bible tells us, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. We are to be kind. A lot of marriages could be saved by kindness, by the way. <laughs> a lot of marriages could be saved by the spouse that feels like they've been hurt if the other one would just be kind to them. And uh, kindness goes a long way. Well, kindness is needed. Be kind one to another. Galatians 6 verse 2 says, bear you one another's burdens. We are to care about other people. We are to care about what they, they're going through. We are to care when they hurt. We're to feel for them. We're to be caring. And Joseph was that way. His character was being revealed as he was in prison. Another way, he was humble. Verse 8 says, he was presented with these dreams. These, these fellows said we had dreams. And Joseph knew because he had had dreams himself. And he knew God had evidently told him in some way that he could interpret these dreams. But he, so he had the opportunity to look like somebody really important that I can interpret the dreams. You know, I'm a very special uh, spiritual guy and I can interpret the dreams. But Joseph wasn't that way. He was humble. And so his, his prison experience revealed that he was still humble. And he said to those men, he said, first of all, I need you to understand that interpretations of dreams comes from God, not from me. But you tell me and I'll, I'll you know, interpret your dream. But I want you to know, God is the one who gives me this. And so he was humble. In fact, the, in fact when you think about it, the fact that he was not fighting against God is revealed in the, by his notice that these men were wanting to talk to him. They, were, they wanted to talk to him. When he just asked the question, they were, they were glad to talk to Joseph. Now, if Joseph had been a guy who was bitter and uh, against the Lord and uh, you know, questioning everything about God and, and uh, his dealing his life, uh, he would have been a guy that they wouldn't have approached. But he was humble because he had been through experiences, yes, but he knew God was still in control, and he remained humble before the Lord. God was, had brought him down. He was humble, and he knew someday God would exalt him. He wasn't going to exalt himself, and so he was humble. Another character that's revealed in, in Joseph in prison is that he was truthful. He told the truth. Now, he was put in a position where it'd be easy to fudge a little bit on the truth because he's told these two, two guys, the butler and the baker, and then the next verse says they were the chief butler and chief baker. So these were the chief butler and chief baker. The, chief, the, the butler was actually the guy who, who uh, took the, the, the king, the pharaoh, they took him his food or his, his drink, and, and he had to make sure that it hadn't been poisoned or anything before pharaoh got it. So he was a trusted guy. But for some reason, Pharaoh had a question. One of these guys is out for me. One of these guys, maybe, maybe they found something that um, maybe was poisoned, or I don't know what it was. But he was not so sure whether it was the butler or the baker. And so he threw them both in jail. 
waiting for the investigation. But Joseph hears the dreams. In the first dream, you know, he tells about the three branches and, and the, they blossom and, the, and then the fruit comes out of them the, and the, the grapes are there and he has Pharaoh's cup in his hand and he squeezes the grapes and the, the juice comes from the grape and he fills the cup and he gives it to Pharaoh. Joseph said, here's the interpretation. In three days, in three days, you'll be lifted up out of this prison and you'll be restored to your butlership. And so the other guy, I read one person who said, uh, maybe the other guy wasn't so quick to ask for interpretation until he heard what Joseph's. And maybe the reason he was because he knew he was the guilty guy. <laughs> you know, he knew that he, could, that he was the guilty guy, and he wasn't sure if he was going to get by with it or not. But the butler had a great interpretation of his dream, and, and so my dream is a little bit like it, not... not well, just a little bit. And that is, three was involved. And he said, I have these three baskets, and they're full of all kind of baked meats for Pharaoh, and, and uh, the birds come and eat those out of my head, out of the baskets, out of my head. And he's hoping for a good interpretation, but Joseph proved that he was truthful. He told the truth. Even if the truth hurts, he told the truth. And he said, I'm sorry, well, I don't know if he said that or not, but he said, here's, here's the interpretation. In three days, your head's going to be lifted. Now, the first one, he said, your head will be lifted up. Figurative expression, you know, get you out of jail. But the next one, he says, your head will be lifted up. Or he said, your head will be lifted off. <laughs> and I read where some believe that in those days that they would behead them first and then they hang, hang their bodies up. And it seems like that's what happened to this man. And he said, that's what's going to happen to you. Three days, you're going to die. So he was truthful. He told him the truth. Another thing that was revealed about Joseph during this time is he was genuine. He wasn't a hypocrite. He told him, them that he was a Hebrew. He wasn't going to hide that. He asked for help. He asked this man, this butler, he says, when you get, get out and when you're restored to your butlership, uh, tell Pharaoh about me. Put in a good word because I want you to know I'm, I'm here because uh, I was stolen out of, out of the land and, I, and, I didn't, and I'm here in this prison because of a false accusation. I am not guilty. I don't deserve to be here. Just put in a good word for me to Pharaoh. And so he was genuine. He just told who he was. And the fact that these two listened to Joseph revealed that he did not consider, they did not consider him to be a hypocrite. He was genuine, and they could tell it. Would you, if you had some, something you needed advice on and you went to work, would you talk to somebody about it that you knew was a hypocrite? <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't waste the time of day. But they, they talked to Joseph because he revealed he was genuine, he was real. So his prison experience revealed the fact that he was a genuine believer in the Lord. There was nothing fake about him. And then there was another thing revealed, I believe, and that is his prison experience revealed that he was forgiving. Do you notice in verse 15, he says, For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and he leaves it there. 
He never mentions his brothers. Now, you would think maybe he would. By this time, after what his brothers did, he'd probably be telling everybody about it. But he never mentions his brothers. I believe that Joseph in his heart had already forgiven his brothers. Joseph in his heart was not holding a grudge. He was not holding bitterness. He knew that God was going to bring this out, and he knew that God was going to exalt him, and someday his brothers would bow down before him. He knew all that. He's not going to fault his brothers into other people. He's not going to badmouth them. He was forgiving already. And so when he gets to the place where his brothers are bowed down, it's not... It's not surprising we hear him say, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And so he was a forgiving person, and that was revealed in prison. And then there's another thing that was revealed, and that is he was patient. You know, trials sometimes reveal that we're not very patient. We've got to have it solved right away. We can't wait on the Lord, but Joseph was patient. And when the, when the, baker, when the butler forgot him, We're not told all that went on, but it seems to imply that Joseph did not get all distraught. He waited on the Lord, and he was patient. He was patient for the Lord. He did not get get to the place where he turned against the Lord. He just was patient. And so your trials reveal whether your, your character is what it should be because a person whose character is right is going to be patient. Now, let's put ourselves in that position just a minute. As we close, let's think about this. If we were in Joseph's shoes, hated by his brothers, they tore off his coat, they threw him in a pit, they were going to kill him, but they got a better idea and they sold him off into slavery. And then down in Egypt, he was put on the auction block and sold as a slave, and Potiphar's house, Potiphar took him, And then he did his best, and he worked up to where he was number one in the house, and then he was falsely accused, and just that quickly, I mean, it was all gone, and his reputation was taken away, and he was thrown in prison. Now, if that happened to you, if that happened to me, would in in prison, would it be revealed that I am faithful to the Lord? Would it be revealed that I am a caring person, and I am humble, and I'm truthful, and I'm genuine, and I'm forgiving, and I'm patient? Well, we all have to ask that question. Do your trials reveal the fact that your character is intact? May God help us to do that, and may we serve the Lord regardless what happens. Now, this message just might set the stage for a real trial that you or I am going to have next week. I don't know. But if it comes, remember, trust the Lord, serve him. All things work together for good. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Stay true to him regardless. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for just showing us some truths here in this chapter. Lord, I pray that we might be people who can be trusted to represent you wherever we might be. Help us, Lord, to be genuine. Help us to be truthful. Help us to be patient. Help us, Lord, to be caring, loving people, even when we go through trials. The main thing, Lord, is that we might glorify you through our lives, and I pray that we'll do that. Thank you for the privilege today to be in your house. Bless the service, the uh, meal that's to follow later. 
and the business meeting as well. In Jesus' name we pray.